Hey everyone. So one of my friends complained about me not saying hello in Chinese. So here it goes. Ni hao. I hope that was right. Uh, so I hope all of you are well. Had a good week. Uh, mine was a good week. Busy at work. Uh, but it was good. Not bad. Not bad. So uh, going straight into the topic for this week, we have audit your friendships. Now, I, I think this, I don't think I know and I believe that this is important, especially just looking at how things are currently, how friendships impact people, how friendships have impacted me based on my personal experiences. I think it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important topic to talk about. So how I'll start, how I'll structure this whole discussion is, you know, why, why, why do we need to audit friendships? Um, hesitancy to, you know, keeping friendships that aren't really adding value to your life. The benefits of good friendships. Um, and then how to start identifying those toxic friends. Um, and toxic might be a strong word, perhaps. But friends who aren't you really your friends. So, you know, how to start identifying those and how to start the whole auditing process and then, um, and then how it's helped me. So I'll finish on that and then I'll finish the episode on reading some funny Amazon reviews. And this is related to a product I used to work for. So stay tuned. So there's a quote to which I like to begin with which says, I started to think of friends I could lean on for some help. But as always happened when I attempt this kind of social audit, I realized that far too many of them were abroad, dead, married to people who disapproved of me, weren't really my friends, now that I come to think of it. And this is interesting because I was, I was, I was having a discussion with my parents yesterday and um, I was going on about you know, how it's not necessary for your spouse to be friends with with your friends. And, you know, you should be able to hang out with your friends. But I guess my parents' generation, they're more around, you know, them hanging out with um, their friends and their spouse's friends. Um, and, you know, as a big happy family and not really having their independent friends who they hang out with. But, um, you know, I, I, still, I, I do think that's... Um, that's critical to have your own independence, but that's a different topic. So I think the reason why we keep toxic friends or friends who don't really add value to our lives, um, and and honestly, please don't blame yourself um, because I'm in that situation as well, where either my friends didn't fit into with my values or they weren't really reciprocating in the friendship. It was pretty one-sided. Um, so, you know, a lot of us do make friends because we want a sense of belonging. Um, you, you move into a new city, you move to a new school, you move to a new company. Um, you know, you, you, you befriend the popular people, um, in these places just to feel accepted, to be be part of something, to be in, in quotation marks, in with society. You want to be seen with important people. You perhaps want to get exclusive access to bars, to clubs, um, you want that Instagram life, you know, so for example, if you have friends 
who are traveling to places in large groups and seem to be having fun, you want to be part of that, only to realize later that shit, they're boring people. Um, or you want to, you know, get up the get up the ladder. So there are a lot of friends you use for networking and to, you know, to get introduced to other people they might know in the network. So, you know, we're all um, we're all part of this process where you know we 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 do tend to be friends who are fake. We do to we we tend to have the friendships for a prolonged period of time. And the turning point is when you realize that. So, and, and, it's, and it's crucial, crucial, crucial to have really good friendships in your life, true friendships, quality friendships. So I was reading a study um, in Sweden and the USA where they did a similar study and they found that people with weaker social ties were more likely to suffer from heart disease, anxiety, and depression and eventually die earlier, which isn't really the best of things, right? So it just highlights that how um, important social ties are. But I like to add that the quality of the social ties um, is, is critical, is important. Because if you remember in one of my previous episodes, you know, you need to stay true to yourself, you need to be authentic, and having having quality friendships or real friendships really helps you achieve that. So you're being the best version of yourself, being the authentic version of yourself. And I think in that, when you're being true to yourself, it increases your sense of belonging, but in a true, true way. It, it, it boosts your happiness, but in a nice, more fulfilled way and reduces stress as well. Um, and, and, you know, there, there's an, an opera Winfrey, uh, I can never pronounce her name. I think it's Oprah or opera. I say opera, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong. She said, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but you want someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. And that is very true. Um, I've had friends who have been there in, 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 you know, when I've been going on trips or, uh, when I'm getting married and I'll give some examples, uh, in a few minutes. But when, when I needed them mostly, they weren't there. Uh, firstly, because there was a communication issue. But secondly, I expected them to be there and they weren't. So, and, and I've spoken to lots of people. I know lots of people have experienced this, whereby um, you know, your friends haven't been there in difficult times or in challenging times. And you know, those aren't the people you need in your life. Um, and you really need to be honest with yourself. You need to be confident. and you need to. I think it takes guts as well to identify people who should remain in your life and people who you should cut off um, or you don't need. So I think it takes a lot of guts. Um, it does take a lot of guts and it's not easy. I'm sure it's, it sounds easier, um, you know, than, than it sounds, sorry, it's easier said than done. That's the correct phrase. Um, but I assure you that once you start the process, it does become easier. So how to start seeing through toxic friendships. So honestly, it took me a good 15 years to start identifying people and friends in my life um, who weren't really adding to value to my life. So, um, you know, um, I used to get criticized um, from people by uh, working in a particular industry 
but not, not dining in posh restaurants. So I'm the type of the person who would literally, if, if there's a restaurant with really good food and the ambience is crap and the service is crap, I'd still go there for the food. Um, so I used to get criticized for not dining luxury or posh restaurant, not living in a certain area of the city. So I was living in central London um, and people would be like, oh, you know, it's it's really far where you live. Um, and they would kind of judge you indirectly. Uh, I, I didn't have a car, um, not because I couldn't afford it, but just I didn't want one, especially when you're living in central. If you're living in London, you just don't need a car. So I used to use public transport and I was really happy with that. Um I have friends who, you know, if I challenge their plans, um, you know, social plans, I wanted to do something else, I would get criticized for that. And I had to go with what they say. So obviously, it was a weakness in me for not stepping up for myself or not standing up for myself. But you know, there were and these are my very close friends. Um, and then you get all these other people, you know, for not respecting your time. So they're constantly late. Um, they don't apologize for that. They think it's acceptable. Uh, the conversation is always about them. So if you tend to, if you're meeting a friend and, um, you know, you, you hang out for hours, hours and hours, uh, only later to realize that, oh, um, we've only spoken about you and you haven't really asked about me, how I'm feeling, what's happening in my life. You're not really interested in my views. And when you do ask me what your views are, you interrupt me after five seconds and start with your own bloody thing again. So, you know, I've had a lot of that as well. And I'm sure you have had it as well. Um, and then, you know, they ask you for advice and this is the best thing. So they ask you for advice and they don't take it or they completely go, go against it, which is fine. You know, you're independent to do what you want, but if you're going to ask me advice every single time and every single time you're going to go against it, or you're going to do something differently, then why do you ask me for advice? Um, or don't, or, you know, when I'm giving you advice, don't say, oh yeah, I'm going to, I think your advice is great and that's what I'm going to do. But you end up doing something else. You can respectfully say, you know, I hear your point and thanks for advising me. I just don't agree with that. I think that probably be more respectable. Um, and, you know, there, there are people who you, uh, you know, you're the, it's one-sided. So you're the one making the calls. You're the one making the social plans. You're the one sending the text message. Um, and it's just one way. And that increases, um, obviously, anxiety. Um, and you have an expectation of the other person. But if it's one-sided, then it's really not worth it. Um, and, you know, it's, um, it's just... It's not... Um, it's interesting because I've had... Um, you know, I've had certain situations. Like, for example, when I was getting married uh, in Pakistan a couple of years ago, uh, some of my friends flew over from from abroad, and um, only some of them. Most of them were great. There, there, there are few. I, you know, so I organized their stays in uh, guest houses. I organized a car or two cars for them to make sure that you know they had transport in the city. They they went around. They were shown the touristic places. They attended events in time, um, and some of them had the audacity to say. That, you know, whatever uh, rooms Amar booked us in were shit. You know, they, they, they were for, um, I wouldn't want to use the word here. I don't like the word servant, but that's the word they used or some of them used that, you know, there were servant rooms um, 
or you know that Amar should appreciate it that we flew out for his wedding and um, you know there's no need to give him a gift or anything of that sort um, and you know this is and Amar organizing um, you know the, the the guest house and a car for is the least he could do because we've attended his wedding I mean honestly uh, if you have it, it it didn't strike me then but if you if if it really made me realize that if these are my close friends or friends I depend on for advice for um you know for support and who I expect would defend me in in in, in discussions um if someone's saying something bad about me I just wouldn't expect them to do any of this I lost faith in those friendships honestly I I I I began to see how either I was being used. Like, honestly, there were some people who um, would ring me up. I hadn't spoken in years and would ring me up and say, oh, Amari, can, you, can your dad organize some visas for us? Like, dude, I haven't spoken to you for five years and suddenly you want my help and, you know, now I need, you need help for a visa? I mean, come on. So I think these sort of situations help me, help me to identify the, 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 the friends who were, weren't really adding value to my life who were um, using me uh, for their own purpose, who weren't really making me feel good about, um, about myself, who weren't really supporting my dreams or my ideas, who were constantly criticizing me for whatever I would do, um, who weren't really doing what would make me happy, even though I was doing everything to make them happy. So it really, you know, it helped me take a step back and really audit my friendships and really identify people who matter to me, who make me feel good. Um, and, you know, start cutting people off or minimizing my interaction with people who just weren't, just really, weren't really up to my friendship criteria. So in the end, you know, I think these this friendship audit is critical. It is important. Don't take it lightly because friendships are meant to last for a lifetime. That's what they say. But I'm the idea that you great to have childhood friends um, you, you have friends who've been there for five years, um, but you make friends throughout your life. You can, you can be 40, you can be 50 and still make, and still make new best friends, still make new good friends. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think you, you should start auditing your friendships, start thinking about who really matters to you. Stop, um, chasing, running after people unnecessarily. Stop, um, you know, stop being, stop befriending fake people. Uh, it's not easy. It takes time to identify them. But if your gut tells you that there's something isn't right about this person, then do trust your gut as well. Um, and honestly, over these last couple of years where I've started doing this, it's really helped me. So I've made some really good, I've identified, finally managed to identify quality friends who really care about me. Um, I become a better person to be friends with. Um, I don't really have, ex I've learned to have zero expectations from people. So that reduces anxiety or I get hurt less in the end. Um, that, that means I've become more mature in friendships. Um, and honestly, I, in the process, I audited, audited myself as a friend as well. So I'm sure many of you know the saying, you know, treat others like you want to be treated. And it works both ways. If you're expecting good quality friends, they need to be a good, high quality friend as well. So it gives you a chance to audit yourself um, of, you know, the, the stuff you might be doing. Obviously, I've 
Um, you know, I've obviously I've done the things that some of my friends did, which pissed me off. Obviously, I've done that. Obviously, I've you know I've hurt people in the process. Obviously, I may have used some people uh, and and realized later. Um, you know, these are human tendencies, a part of human nature, which everyone is everyone does. But the but as I said earlier in the episode, the turning point is when you realize that when you realize that oh shit, I've been a craft friend friend. Or oh shit, that friend isn't you know isn't adding value to my life. So that's the turning point, the awareness piece. So I hope you you folks enjoyed this episode. Um, I would love to hear your views on auditing friendships. If you've done that, where has it landed you up? Has it helped you? Um, what kind of strategies, in addition to the ones I've already said, um, helped you audit your friendships? Um, and 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 if you and if you haven't audited your friendships or haven't really identified, you know, what kind of friendships I have in my life, why is that? What's stopping you? And and if by any means I can be of any help, I would love to, you know, get in touch. So that brings us to the final section of the podcast episode where Amazon reviews. And I have worked for this. I chose one product, uh, which is Durex. <laughs> and the review is a legendary. I have worked for this company. Uh, I do miss the portfolio, and it's and it's 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 a great portfolio to work on, especially the stuff you hear in on the ground about consumer insights, about stuff coming out of the research is great. So, anyways, first to the first episode, to the first um, review. The first is by uh, you know gave it five stars out of five, and the review seems to work. No children as yet. Very straightforward. Um, the other one is bought sixty of these to stock up. 3 out of 5 spit, which has resulted in an early trip to the 24-hour chemist for the morning after pill. Not easy when you're abroad. I now have 55 expensive water balloons left. I would have been better wrapping up with clean film and keeping the 10 pounds in my pocket. Not so good news. Uh, this is pretty graphic, but here goes. Fellas, I have to tell you, I'm a man with needs, raw needs and desires if you catch my drift. I love a good pounding and smacking my sweet lady every time I hit the sack. But there's been a few times Durex filled me during my voyage across the Red Sea. Needless to say, I'm a pirate who's not afraid to brave the rocky seas and get into bloody fights if you catch my drift, lads. Be wary of the spits. Like I said, good thing it was the Red Sea preventing my little boys from making their destination. They drowned instead. Recommended, but I preferred raw. And the last one, which, um... You know, and there's a last review which kind of highlights um, how some op- how open some parents are uh, to the to, to the children um, partaking in you know in the SEX um, activity uh, at their own homes. So nothing gives away the fact your youngest son has started having SEX, then discovering this on your purchases. I imagine by the amount of time he now spends with his girlfriend locked in his bedroom, the smile on his face and the lack of a new grandchild, that these are working well for him and providing hours of fun. At least he's proving to be responsible. So I hope you enjoyed that uh, small section. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, keep, the, keep listening. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you rate and review on any platform you listen to this podcast on. And do share it with family and friends. Thank you so much. Until next time. Ciao.